Hi, and welcome to my CBT podcast. This is Dr. Julie Osborne, and I'm happy to be here with you again this week. I hope everybody's doing well and staying safe. I know we're still going through this pandemic and the numbers aren't looking good, so please do everything you can to take care of yourself. That's what's most important. We will get past this and we want to get past it being well, right? So again, thanks for being here. I'm going to start off with a new email that I got from Australia. How exciting is that? It's my first one from Australia, so that was pretty cool. So I'll read to you what she had written. She said, hi, Dr. Julie. I'm writing this email to you firstly to say thank you for making your CBT podcast. I've been listening for a few months now and finding the topics you cover very relevant to issues I'm struggling with and find that you explain the concepts and tools in a way that is easy to understand and apply in my life. I've also purchased the Mind Over Mood book and have just started reading it. Your episode on core beliefs really resonated with me. I appreciated your honesty in telling your personal story. As I listened, it felt as though you were describing chapters of my own life. My mom left when I was 12 when my parents got divorced. It's not common that mothers leave in a divorce. The experience of most people I've met in my life is that the father leaves and the children stay with their mothers and have a close relationship with them. I experienced the opposite. Our father stayed, we lived with him. He was our rock and to this day, I still have a very close relationship with him. My mom never lived far away geographically, but due to her struggles, she felt very far away for a long time and at times it felt like I did not have a mom and I did not recognize the parent I once knew. Today I now have a good relationship with my mother, but it's been a long road to overcome trust issues that I have with her and finding forgiveness for her. After hearing your story, I feel now that, that I am not so alone in my experience of being abandoned by my mother at a young age and there must be many others who have lived this experience too and grown and learned from it. So I'm really glad that this resonated with you and made a big difference. Thank you again for your time and reading this email. And thank you for your podcast. I'm really enjoying the episodes and listen to them when I walk my dog at night. Something I've begun doing after your advice to just do it, to get out and exercise based on what's good for me, not based on how I feel. <laughs> after every walk with my dog, I feel a lot better. I hope all is well in your state. We're watching the U.S. election intently from Sydney, Australia. So thank you very much for that email I really appreciate it and I appreciate you keeping the United States in your thoughts and we got a lot going on here but it always feels good when people are sending us well wishes so I'm really glad and again I encourage you to email me you can reach me at mycbtpodcast at gmail.com you can also find me on my website at mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com you can find me and message me on Instagram at mycbtpodcast I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook under Julie Osborne LCSW. So there's lots of ways to reach me. I love reading your emails and sharing them with everybody. And um, if you have Apple podcasts that you listen to, I'd love you to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm looking for more reviews. And obviously, if there's any suggestions, I would love those. And I'll you know be addressing those in a later podcast. So I really enjoy having you know some good input. So today, I talked with my kids, actually, and they gave me the suggestion to talk about life transitions, because most of us are going through many of them, many different life transitions, good and stressful, right? So I thought this might be a good time to address that and how cognitive therapy can help you based on how you think about your life transitions. Obviously, a big factor is your environment regarding your life, right, and what's going on, which we'll talk about a little bit more. 
But, you know, the five elements of CBT is your thoughts, your moods, behaviors, physical reactions, and your environment. And environment's really always important, you know, to look at. So talking about life transitions, you know, throughout the course of our lives, we experience many endings and many beginnings. In nature, we observe times when things move slowly without visible change. And then suddenly an acceleration occurs followed by a transformation. So for example, daffodil shoots emerge from the cold ground, and then before we know it, in bloom in a dazzling array of perfumed beauty. And tree leaves, which have been green all summer, suddenly turn gold, and within a short time are blown to the ground, and the tree branches are left bare. The transitions are as natural as night and day, and so it is with our lives. Life transitions are predictable changes in our lives associated with the discontinuity with the past. With each change, we must give up the productive structures which have carried us through and then face the world anew with a sense of fragility and vulnerability, which is always pretty uncomfortable, right? A lot of times we avoid that. These times of disruption may force us to test the limits of our ability to adapt. However, with each transition, we have the opportunity to learn a great deal about our inner coping resources and to ask ourselves what we really want out of life. This period of self-reflection can then lead to self-renewal and a new phase of stability and eventually equilibrium, which is all you know, most of us desire, right? Some balance in our lives. At times, transitions are thrust upon us dramatically and unexpectedly. Disabling accidents, the death of those in our lives, divorce, the loss of a job and illness, you know, any changes going on in your life, even, you know, graduating from college, getting, in, you know, a new job. I talked to a lot of college students that even though it's exciting to be graduating, it's a little scary too, because now they say, you know, they really got to go out into the real world. <laughs> So all, all changes are positive and can have some negatives and fears along with them. So all of these events mean that we must leave something behind and then adjust to a new way of living, even if we feel totally unprepared to do so. A lot of times, you know, especially with COVID, I know a lot of people, I'm sure some of you listening to me have known someone that you've lost during this time, and it was unexpected, it happened fast, and uh, it's been hard to grieve. It's been really hard to grieve. So these events can strike without warning and leave us in a personal crisis, characterized by denial, anger, mourning, and withdrawal. But not all transitions emerge from negative experiences. Marriage, a new job, a move to a new city, the birth of a child, reacquaintance with an old friend, these events, which may be planned and unexpected, can also lead us into the process of life transition. Sometimes life transitions occur because we find ourselves in a rut. We may have a nagging feeling that something is wrong, although we can't quite put our finger on the reasons. And our lives are not going to be the way we thought they would, and time is passing us by. We feel that it is time for a change. This can happen at any time, but it's most common during what we have been called the predictable crisis of adult life that often accompany our decade changes, that is, our 20s, our 30s, our midlife years. Our life transitions are composed of an ending, a neutral zone, and a new beginning. When a transition occurs, we need to give up our old definitions of the world, our old ways of doing things, and we are challenged by the process of letting go. Endings are difficult for most people, even when we are unhappy with the way things used to be. The known is more comfortable than the unknown. And once we let go, however, we enter into a period of feeling disconnected from the past, but not yet to connect it to the present. That's the neutral zone. This is a time when we can engender great self-reflection and assessment of really what we want out of life and a time to reorient ourselves towards the future. Finally, the new beginning completes a successful transition. This is when we embark on a journey of new priorities and a sense of renewed future. 
So, you know, something just to think about, I think we all have this experience is, you know, having a change that we didn't expect, even a good one, right? And, you know, looking at our lives now and maybe never even imagining where we are now, right? Whatever that looks like. And transition will always happen in your life, whether you want it or not. And we want to learn how to walk through that with the less distress as possible. So that's why I want to talk about different stages. Before that, though, just talking a little more about the ending of the old things, but most of us try to avoid endings. And this may be surprising since endings happen throughout our entire life cycle. Some people deal with the task of letting go by clinging tenaciously to their old ways of living, forgetting that submitting to loss is a necessary condition for entering into a period of self-renewal. Think of the parent who's not able to let the children grow up and live independent lives. The situation caused substantial conflict, both for the children and the parent. People sometimes think that if they can hold on to their old ways, they can avoid the pain of change. But in reality, more pain occurs by holding on. In contrast, other people deal with the difficulty of endings with dismissing the old as if it didn't count. These are the people who see a therapist and announce they are not interested in looking at the past and want to focus only on the present and the future. They fail to recognize that we need closure on the past, a true appreciation of the life lessons we've gained from our histories before we can continue with the productive transition. Refusing to look at the past is one way of allowing the past to continue to haunt us, and a condition which makes moving on very difficult. A successful transition takes courage. And I think anyone that comes in for help has a lot of courage. I have many times clients that, you know, talk about, you know, I don't want to talk about my past. I just want to focus on present. So the really great thing about CBT is that it does help in the present. And the tools that I teach my clients are normally for the present issues when they come in that you want to start feeling better quick. You know, people aren't coming to therapy for years anymore, which I don't blame them. <laughs> you want to come in, you want to learn tools, get better and get moving on, right? So we do focus on the present and how to make things better going forward. But when we talk about core beliefs, and if you haven't listened already, I have a podcast on that, that's going to take us to our past. And you'll see that as you process the process of therapy, that past things will come up because, you know, your environment growing up affects you today and the choices you make and what your values are and your morals and all of those things. So we are going to look at the past, but you know what? It doesn't mean we're digging deep. It doesn't mean you have to go through, you know, horrible pain. It's just acknowledging what happened how it affects you today and how you can move forward. So if you're avoiding therapy because you're afraid, you know, we're going to have to focus on the past, you know, it's important to also remember when you go into therapy, I think, that you share with your therapist what your goals are. It's not what my goals are for you. It's what your goals are for you. And you want to share that with the therapist to make sure it's a fit. And if it isn't a fit and the therapist is very focused on the past, then you know what? You can go find another therapist. There's lots of us out there. So, you know, talk about your goals and talk about you know, the type of therapy that they do and if that's going to be a good fit and what's good for you. So you will address your past, I believe, in any form of therapy, but you also have control over what direction you want it to go and also to get more educated from the therapist, how you can do that in a way that feels comfortable. So I just wanted to share that and not get off track here, but I think that's really important because I really encourage everyone to go get some therapy, get some help and find some tools to be happier in your life. So there's four stages, as I mentioned a little while ago, 
of the ending process. So the first one's disengagement. So we need to make a break from the roles, the activities and settings of our former situation. Until we have this break, we're prone to seeing the world in the old way, and this will make a successful transition difficult. Disengagement does not necessarily mean leaving or moving. As long as one can psychologically disengage from a situation, one can gain the perspective to begin to define the old ways more objectively. The second stage is called disidentification. Not only do our activities change, but we begin to give up our former self-definitions. A person in the so-called midlife crisis, for example, needs to give up defining him or herself as a, quote, younger person. To do otherwise is to postpone the inevitable, to invite a perpetuation of inner conflict, and to forgo the advantages of moving into a different stage of life. Third stage is disenchantment. So once our situations and our former self-definitions change, we may wonder about what is real and what is not. In a sense, the world is made up of many levels of reality. Our old lives helped us to create one way of looking at things, our old reality, quote, this relationship is for life, or quote, I'll always have this job, or my health will last forever. Those might have been beliefs that we had. Disenchantment occurs when we no longer are under the spell of our old reality. We question our assumptions and begin to see the world in new ways. To look at other levels of reality, this opens the door to a healthy transition. So when you're going through disenchantment, that's a really great time to look at what your thoughts are and are your thoughts hot, you know, not 100% true, and to find the balance within them so you can move forward. And then the fourth step is disorientation. So this is a stage of discomfort. Yuck. <laughs> Our old situations, self-definitions, and views of reality have been challenged, and we are left confused with the feeling that we have jumped into the void. We get by every day by whistling in the dark, taking things a step at a time. Things that we had thought were meaningful are no longer so. In our society, we tend to see things as constantly improving throughout our lives, but it may be more realistic to view things as they occur in the natural world, a series of expansions and contractions. We gain and we lose. Day becomes night and then day again. We need to empty our cupboards before we can fill them up again. Some people try to initiate a beginning before they accomplish the work of the ending, mainly because endings are so difficult for most people. For example, they may try to find a new relationship before ending the old one. This creates a situation where the old structures, the old realities are still in place, and it precludes accomplishing the work of the healthy transition, which can lead to a true self-renewal. Before finding a new relationship, you may find it preferable to spend some time alone, think about what the old relationship meant and what was wrong with it, and then gain insight into what he or she truly wants at this stage of life. To do this, we must confront the challenge of the ending and then move into the neutral zone. A life of integrity demands nothing less. So even though there's discomfort with disorientation, you know, no pain, no gain, right? We have to be in discomfort to move forward, to move through something. So it's more about, you know, taking that time to reflect and say, you know, okay, I'm out of this relationship that I thought was going to last for my life. Or I'm out of a job that I thought I'd be here forever. And I'm not. And what does it look like? And what was it that wasn't good? But also what was it that was good and that I want to carry on with me? But I want to be able to go into anything I'm doing new, feeling fresh and finished. So there's one other area to talk about, which is called the neutral zone. So other societies provide in their rituals or transition ways of dealing with the neutral zone. For example, the vision quest, where the person goes into the wilds alone in search of answers that may come intuitively, 
is a way in which some native tribes provide a transition between childhood and adulthood. Lacking such rituals in our society, we may not know what to do with the neutral zone. We may feel lost, confused, and disoriented, and may even seek treatment for depression. This time of confusion, however, can set the stage for self-examination and answers, which guide us out of the transition and into the future. So the neutral zone is a period of personal reorientation. Nothing much happens in the neutral zone, at least from the outsider's perspective. People in the neutral zone often say they need a few days or even longer alone just to think or pray or meditate. Without the old definitions of the world and our accustomed activities to fall back on, time in the neutral zone can create substantial introspection and heightened self-awareness. And out of this primal stew can emerge intuitions and insights that provide the recipe for the new beginning. This is a time to examine the course of one's life, to reacquaint oneself with the nature of one's inner self, and to think of ways to have one's dreams come true. Renewal emerges from an examination of one's own inner resources. So sometimes it's just good to be a neutral, right? Just taking that time. So we want to embrace the new. So genuine new beginnings emerge from a realignment of ways of looking at the world and a renewal of energy. We often look for external signs to guide us into a beginning, but our inner attitudes toward life or our renewed self-knowledge and our intuition are really the hallmarks of our new beginnings. By relying on our inner voice to tell us where to go in life, we're likely to have more motivation than if we were to depend on the traditional expectations provided to us by others. When the directions we must take in life become clear, it is time to take action and to make things happen, identify ourselves as traveling on a new course, and then see the process through step by step. New beginnings also incorporate continuity from the past. We never give up the old completely, but use what we need from the past as a resource in our journey into the future. So transitions are a natural and inevitable part of life. And because we find comfort in the familiar, that can be really difficult. Psychotherapy is an effective way to make the most of our transitions, a way to understand the old, to look inward and discover that flame that represents our true inner selves, and to define the direction of our new beginnings. Not that psychotherapy is the only answer, but obviously I'm a little biased that going and finding a CBT therapist can really help you through these life transitions if that's where you're at, and to really help give you, um, you know, a new outlook and coping tools and problem solving skills and new ways to think about, you know, what you're going to be going through. So although they can be difficult, again, they afford us the opportunity to find our true inner direction and engage in the process of our self-renewal, right? So as I said before, and here's some guidelines I want to give you to make the journey really rewarding. So first, you want to give yourself enough time. When our lives are disrupted, it takes time to reorientate our inner feelings to the new reality. And although we may feel uncomfortable during a transition, especially in giving up our old activities, to create new activities prematurely without giving ourselves the time to reflect and reorient may only serve to perpetuate the old ways and a wonderful life opportunity may be missed. So give yourself enough time. Another step is to arrange temporary ways of living. So although transitions can be very disruptive, hold on to those parts of your life which provide comfort and security. When we feel safe, we're able to accomplish the task of the transition more productively. If your transition involves a job loss, find temporary work until you discover what you want to do over the long run. If you have lost a relationship, there's no need to isolate yourself from all your friends. Hold on to those who can comfort you. Another one which I know is challenging is to tolerate the discomfort. Transitions can introduce confusion and disorientation into our lives. Expect to experience times of anxiety and insecurity. These are natural feelings and an important part of the process, but they're only temporary. 
Trust in your own ability to see your way through the transition. Above all, realize that using alcohol and drugs will only serve to subvert the process. Face your challenge with integrity. And when you have the feelings of insecurity and anxiety, what do I tell you to do is figure out what am I thinking about that's creating this discomfort and to be able to challenge those thoughts and balance them out. You also want to take care of yourself during the transition. The time of transition can introduce stress into your life and you may feel depressed so that you may not want to engage in normal healthy activities. Do something for yourself every day which you find comforting and pleasurable. Get a normal amount of sleep. Make sure your diet's healthy. If you can, try to get some exercise every day, even if it's only a 20-minute walk. Set realistic expectations, but you want to keep moving and taking care of yourself. Self-care is most important when you're at your lowest. You know, it's like when it's hardest to do something, that's exactly what you need to do. And then last but not least, find the support you need. A time of transition is a very good time to seek the support from, you know, again, a therapist or your friends who can help guide you through the process in a safe and encouraging setting. You know, friends that you trust, a therapist you trust. Finding the support of friends is so important, but avoid those who are only there to give advice. While advice may be helpful at times, your greater need at this time is to explore your own feelings and to find the truth which emerges from your own inner resources. Therapy provides a safe and productive way to travel this leg of your life journey. Sometimes you'll meet people that want to fix things for you because they're uncomfortable with your feelings. And so, they, again, they just try to fix it or be like, oh, it'll all be fine. Or, oh, you'll learn your life lessons. And all that might be true. But sometimes you just need to be with someone who allows you to be in discomfort, to be sad, to be anxious. That's all okay. And you want to go through those feelings and figure out what your thoughts are to be able to change your thoughts and also grieve. You know, transition also is a, is a type of loss. Uh, one of my other podcasts you can listen to if you're going through a lot of grief is uh, called Good Grief and um, just talks about the roller coaster of emotions when someone goes through change. It's really an upheaval in your life. If you don't understand what you're going through, you can really feel like you're on a roller coaster, quote, going crazy, all people say to me. But when you know what's normal, it makes the transition easier. When you know like, oh, some days I feel good about the changes I'm making, some days I don't. Some days I'm okay with it, sometimes I can't believe it. Sometimes I'm angry about it, and then again, I'm okay with it. <laughs> so we go back and forth, back and forth. And when you go to people that are only giving you advice, you might get too many different pieces of advice, which can confuse you. You wanna be in touch with you. Again, what's best for you. And you know, telling people, again, you don't need to know the answer. So as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, like if you lose a job, you don't have to go figure out exactly what you can do the rest of your life. Just get something temporary. You know, it's like in the meantime, I'll be doing this until I find what I really want to do. We don't have to have the answers right away. I know sometimes we want to. I'm guilty of that too. I want to know the outcome, what's going to happen. But sometimes I have to allow myself to just sit and have some trust and some faith that I will find my way. And when I look back in my life, that has happened. Because I didn't push it and, you know, I took some suggestion to just sit there and gone for my own therapy and talked and got support and used my tools to be able to get to where I am. And I look back and I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for all the support of the people that were able to help keep me present and not make quick decisions that maybe later on I would regret. So if you're in a place of going through a life transition, I hope, you know, this podcast was helpful. 
I hope it made you maybe think about things a little more. I hope it's given you some self-compassion and give yourself some grace to take the time to figure out what you want to do and to have the compassion also that, you know, if you're struggling with a loss, that that's normal, that's okay. And that you need to take whatever time you need to take. There's no time frame of when you get over a loss and not to have people tell you that you should be done or over with it or make a decision. So again, we're all, we are all in this together because speaking of the pandemic, you know, there's not one human being in the world that hasn't been affected by this. And there's really never been anything like that before. You know, some people are affected by certain things. Some people aren't right. But this pandemic, we've all been affected. We've all had to make life transitions based on however this has affected us, but just the life transition of, you know, social distancing, you know, not being at work, having to wear a mask, being safe, all the things we've had to do. You know, I know with the holidays coming up, which I'll be talking more about in the future podcast, that's a big, big one that a lot of us are not going to be together like we want to, because we know it's what's best for us in the long run. And that we want to see our families and be together and we're going to get there, but we have to make some life decisions and life transition decisions to based on what's best for us. So we're all going through a life transition together. So let's be there for each other, love each other, have that compassion, the empathy, the patience, and we will get through this together. And we have tools to get there. And as I talked about, right, where you want to give yourself enough time, arrange temporary ways to get through this, tolerate the discomfort, take care of yourself, and find the support you need. And as always, Make decisions based on what's best for you, not how you feel. And instead of saying, why me? Ask yourself, what now? What choices do I have in my life that I'm going to help go forward and to feel free to have the life that I want to have? So keep asking yourself, what am I thinking? Are my thoughts hot thoughts? Create your balanced thoughts. That can help also with life transitions. Problem solving, do some journaling writing down what you're going through can help a lot as well. So please reach out if you have more questions, if suggestions, you know, ideas for podcasts, you know, all the emails that I read to you, I respond. I take the time to do that. So it won't just be, you know, sent to the universe and you'll never hear from me. I love hearing from everybody. I'm so grateful that it's making a difference in a lot of people's lives. That was my intention from the beginning. And I'm just really grateful that I can be here for you guys. So take care, be safe until we meet again next week. And thanks for taking the time to listen. You've just listened to my CBT podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at mycbtpodcast. My email is mycbtpodcast at gmail.com. My website is mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com. You can find me on Facebook at Dr. Julie Osborne and on LinkedIn at Dr. Julie Osborne. Whoa, Poe Productions.